Hi, welcome to this week's episode of Hashtag True Story. Today we'll be talking to Amanda about her story. So let's get started. Glad you're here. so happy today to have Amanda Kellum with us. Uh, Amanda and I have known each other for many, many years. I met her and her husband back after they had first gotten married. And how long have you been married now, Amanda? As of today, June 7th, 19 years. Woo! I remember that I, when I first met you and Robert, you had just gotten married. And the first time I ever saw you two, I thought you were like, members of the youth group at church or something because you <laughs> both looked so young yeah I, I was looking at pictures today of our <laughs> wedding and i was like we were babies oh my god uh, <laughs> and it's like there's no way these two could be married they're not old enough so <laughs> i'm t i just cannot believe it's been that many years it has just flown so amanda and i first met where we first met was uh, we were in church together all those years mm -hmm. ago so thank you so much for being on today. This is just so great and I really appreciate it. So let's just start out. Um, tell us where you were born and raised, kind of like what it was like for you growing up at home. Um, okay. Well, I was pretty much born and raised in the Jacksonville area. I grew up in Callahan, which is just north of Jacksonville, like just north. Um, and so I you know, went to school out there and everything. And we, me and my husband, since we got married, we've kind of been all over the place in Jacksonville. And it seems like every time we move, we move the opposite of his job. I, I don't know how or why that works out, but we'll move close to his job. And then his job is an hour away. And like, <laughs> no matter what we do, that seems to be the story. Never fails. Um, yeah, no, never fails. Um, I was one of those that growing up, um, as far as faith and that kind of thing, it, it's kind of hard to describe. Like I knew who Jesus was, but we never went to church, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Um, as I got older, I found out that, you know, my parents, um, had, had gotten saved when they were younger but just weren't really like living it out. So like I knew Christmas was about Jesus, but it was mostly Santa for us, you know? Right. Um, and I knew Easter wasn't just about the bunny, but it wasn't until, um, oh goodness. It was after Robert and I got married that, you know, God really came into my life and all, all that goes with that. Um, so it was, so tell, tell us, awakening. yeah, and yes, I understand that. And tell us how that happened. Was there some, was there a person involved or was it a process? How did that happen? Very much a process in my case, um, because I didn't grow up in the, what you would typically think of like the Christian home. Um, I remember when I was about 10 or so, my sister started going to church with friends of hers. They sent somebody out to the house to talk to me. Um, and I remember talking to them and saying the, the sinner's prayer, I guess, for lack of a better term. 
But as I got older, the only thing I really remembered about that experience was that I was holding my guinea pig in my lap. <laughs> oh, okay. And, yeah. Um, and then in high school, like, I kind of went on my own spiritual journey, dabbled in a few different things that I really shouldn't have. Um, you were, you were kind was, of a goth, you were kind of a goth kid, weren't you? Oh yeah. There was no kind of about it. <laughs> Um, not and not to say that goth kids can't be full on for Christ because they're right. out there. Right. Um, I was not. Uh, <laughs> but part of that, and I'm just going to throw this in here as an extra little nugget. Um, the kids, when my sister got me as a teenager to go to her church, I was, I guess I was like 12, 12 or 13, like early teen, teenager. Um, when I walked into the youth group the kids that I knew from school that were in that youth group were the same ones picking on me and my friends at school. Oh man. And that made me at that point in my life decide I want nothing to do with their God. If, if this is how they are, I don't want to be associated with that. Um, so it kind of pushed me further away and not all of them were, but a good chunk of them were, you know? Right. And so mm -hmm. that, that just, was like a stumbling block, a big one. And anyway, so we, you know, I went through all that time thinking I was saved, got baptized and all that mess. Um, but then Robert and I at, you know, the church that we met you at, we were helping with the youth, which could have been part of why you thought we were in the youth. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we were helping out. We were like assistants, I guess. And um, God had really been working on me like convicting me deeply like i was having nightmares kind of conviction wow um that basically left behind kind of nightmares mm -hmm. um, and i started questioning like okay am i really saved what what is going on here you know um well actually let me back up before that uh so robert and i got married we both thought that we were saved and um we, we weren't living it at all whatsoever. And our marriage almost fell apart at two years in. Mm -hmm. I mean, he had said the big D word and it broke me. And mm -hmm. we were having a fight over some things. And um, I remember I was just pacing because I had energy. I was just pacing. And at one point I looked over at him and I could see it in his eyes there was a, something had left him. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Wow. Um, but m the months leading up to that, it was like, he wasn't him. And I knew I hadn't really been me, but something in him just looked different. And I was immediately calm and I walked over to him and he was sitting on the floor. So I sat down next to him. And I remember at the time thinking, where did that come from? I know where it came from now, but at the <laughs> time I looked at him and I said, you know what this marriage is missing? And he said, what? And I said, God, mm -hmm. we don't have God in this. And I remember kind of feeling taken aback, like how, why did that come out of my mouth? <laughs> Obviously now I know. <laughs> right. Um, and so that's what led us to start going to church together. And we went to, um, you know, Duval Station. That's where my whole family was going. And, uh, so that's where we went, and it was during that time after we were starting at Duval Station that I started realizing and having those, you know, nightmares and that panicky, like, 
am I really saved? I don't really think I meant it back then. And so um, I remember we were going to youth camp, you know, as, as chaperones and everything, the youth camp. Mm-hmm. And even though Robert had put in for his vacation time months before and it was approved, like a week before camp, they told him he couldn't go. And I was like, why can you not go? Because um, I've come out of this a lot, but in the beginning, I was very, I guess, codependent on him for social stuff because I've always mm-hmm. been more of an introvert and, mm-hmm. you know, just. Anyway, I relied on him a lot. And I'm like, wait, he can't go. I have to go by myself. What? No, I <laughs> you know, because they yeah. needed me as a female chaperone. So, right. Anyway, while we were at camp, at youth camp, okay, mm-hmm. I went to youth camp as a chaperone. And it dawned on me I was not truly saved. And I walked down at the age of 27 at youth camp and fully gave my heart to Christ. And I knew it from that moment. I was like, this, this is the day. And, uh, so it was, it was a long time coming, you know, cause I think mm-hmm. I was like 10 with the guinea pig experience. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, I think back and I'm like, who I did some stupid things in my young age. I am blessed that I made it to that point, mm-hmm. you know, and yep. thankful is, is a way to put it. But, um, and then Robert, uh, before my experience had gone down at a, uh, revival with randy lamb do you remember him i sure do randy lamb was at our church and robert went down and he was like i'm not really saved i need to get this squared away and uh so it was that's how we both came to be truly saved you Mm -hmm. know and that whole know that you know that you know thing right um well i am oh okay (laughs) keep going I was just going to say, and, and then after that, it's, it's been a whirlwind. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, and we're going to get into that, too. I just I was wanted to say I'm so thankful you, you brought this up. And I'm thankful that was your experience because I think yours and Robert's situation reflects the situations of a lot of people in our churches these days, especially here in America. I th- and especially here in the South, you know, in the South, everybody grows up, you know, loving Jesus, you know, I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. um, it's just something that people, I think down here, they feel like it's in their DNA. Uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's all, you know, God and family and that type of thing. <clears throat> but I think for a lot of people, it's been lost on them that it has to be an individual conscious decision. It, it, you're going from darkness to light, you know, you're going from death to life. It, it's there, there has to be an occasion where that takes place, you know, just like our babies. We don't just walk in the house one day and say, Oh, our baby's here. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, there's a, there is a, a precise time when that baby comes into the world. And Jesus said that spiritually we have to be born as well. And mm-hmm. so, and I'm not saying people have to remember the, the date and the time and all that sort of thing, but there should be a point in your life where you know something changed, you know, and that something is that you're, you surrendered your will from you being the Lord of your life to 
knowing that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the savior and that you have embraced him as that. And, um, I, you know, my current pastor makes the comment all along that the thing that keeps him awake at night is that very scenario that he's got all, you know, people coming to church every Sunday and they're, you know, they're serving at the church and they're participating in small groups or whatever. And, but they're not really saved. Yeah. And it, and it's like, it's almost like when you're in church for so long, it's almost like you can kind of lull yourself into thinking that you're okay. Mm -hmm. And um, so I am so, so glad that, um, that you brought that up. That's really good. So, um, so then after that, where did God take y'all? <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> I know. That, <laughs> um, that is a story, too. So we were um, at that first home church. Um, I forget how many years, several years, um, long enough that I had had our first son and was pregnant with the second one. Mm -hmm. um, and... But for like a year before that, um, I kind of felt like, I think it's time we leave churches. But I hadn't said anything to Robert, mm -hmm. um, at least for the first six months. But I was praying about it. I was like, God, are we supposed to stay here? Are we supposed to move? Like, what are you trying to tell me? Mm -hmm. um, you know, and like, even to this day, I'm still learning how to really listen and hear what he's saying. Because... You know, I'm, I'm the type of person, I'm like, I need that bright neon sign that has moving pictures yes. that plays music <laughs> to, to really feel like, okay, that's the thing. And he likes to it. whisper to me from across the room, mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> I get it. Um, but back then it was, it was kind of a real, like I was struggling with it for like six months. I'm like, ah, oh, I feel like we're supposed to leave. I, I didn't even know how to tell Robert, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, so... Then something happened. I don't even remember the conversation. I don't remember what was said. I just know it really didn't have anything to do with that. But he said something and I looked at him and I said, wait a minute. Are you thinking we're supposed to be moving churches too? Oh. And he, his eyes got real big. Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, are you? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, for like six months now. And he's like, same here. So then oh. we started praying about it together instead of separately. Mm -hmm. um, took us about another six months before we finally made the decision um, because that was a hard decision. That was our first home church together. That was the church where we both nailed it down, you know, mm -hmm. and we were part of that 10% that does 120% of the work. Right. And we hated to leave them knowing that they were losing workers, you know, because um, mm -hmm. every church, it's just so hard to get people volunteer to do anything right but once we had made the, the decision that yes god wants us to move to another church why we don't know but mm -hmm. we're just gonna follow um once we made that decision we uh you know told everybody and like it was one of those boohoo things granted i was five months pregnant at the time but still it was like that was a big decision for us right um anyway so we stepped out in faith visited around a couple different places um and between 
then and now we are at our fifth church that we've mm-hmm. been members of. Uh, we have not planned to church hop at all whatsoever. <laughs> right. I get it. Um, and even in the beginning, we thought, well, maybe we're just supposed to like go out there and see what other churches are doing and bring that back. You know, mm-hmm. maybe we're supposed to bring something back. Well, that's not been the case. Mm-hmm. Um, every church has taught us something different along the way. Right. Um, but we, uh, the last, how many years? Gosh, I don't know. Four or five years have really just, like, I've definitely seen God moving. And so what, what's funny is way back when, even before Robert nailed down his salvation for sure, mm-hmm. He said something one time about how he felt like maybe he was supposed to preach one day. And, like, he told me how when he was a kid, he would take a brush and, like, pretend like he was preaching to a, to a congregation. And I remember, and I, I feel horrible for it now. I didn't realize I was squashing him. But I was like, I am not pastor's wife material. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, I don't do the flowery cursive things. You know? I, <laughs> like, listen, I, I get it. <laughs> I'm I'm a nerd. I'm geeky. Like I'm weird. You know? <laughs> um, and in fact, because I said that to say that God worked. It took him about ten years, but He worked on me. And I was like, I remember telling Robert um, a couple years ago. I was like, you know, if that's what God wants from us, that's what He wants, and we'll do it. Mm. And I remember Robert kind of looked at me. He's like, really? I said, yeah. I'm I'm not gonna squash whatever he wants we i've learned that lesson let's not do that mm-hmm. yes um and so long story short uh he just got officially ordained in march so now i am officially a pastor's <laughs> <laughs> and, and and what what capacity is he serving in right now um he is youth pastor at our current church mm-hmm. um and you know we don't really have any plans for anything you know beyond this is where god has us right now and they chose to ordain him and you know he's just trying to do what we feel god is Mm -hmm. telling us to do Um, right i've learned through this whole thing to step back and just go with the flow yeah yeah i and that's the hardest thing for any of us to learn because we all want to know what to expect from day to day we want to be in control and it's so hard to just do that free fall thing out there. Okay, God, you know, here I am. Um, but I think about, you know, remember, um, in the book of acts, I believe it was, it talked about that the spirit drove Philip out into, or sent him out, carried him out to the desert. And he encountered the Ethiopian eunuch who was reading mm-hmm. the book of Isaiah, I think it was, but he couldn't understand yeah. it. Yep. So Philip was there to explain to him that what he was reading was about the Messiah and who that Messiah is. And, and then also, um, and these are the, these are things that the Lord just show, has shown me in the last few years about, but, um, but his ways are just always so much better. They're just the best. So that is so true. Cause like looking back now, which I've said several times that I didn't know it then, but now I know it now. Mm. Um, I've gotten to a point where I love whenever I can look back on something and be like, that was God. There is no way that was not God. 
Mm-hmm. Um, like for instance, our current church, we are here because um, at our previous church, like we were working, we were the young adult teachers, you know, do, doing the things we do. Mm-hmm. And um, Matt Swain is the pastor over there and he really encouraged Robert and pushed Robert, gave Robert his first chance to do a message to the congregation. You know, like he really kind of took him under his wing. Um, and Matt is big about, okay, we've got this person who's definitely, you know, God is with this person, has a plan for this person. We want to keep this person, but mm-hmm. let, let's send you out, you know? Mm-hmm. And he was going to a pastor's conference with a few other people and out of the blue, one of them asked him, said, hey, what's that Robert Kellum guy do at your church? And so he's just telling them, you know, different things that we do and work with and all that. And mm-hmm. then uh, Richard Fish, who was the current pastor of our, our church right now, spoke up and said, man, I need somebody like that at my church. <laughs> well, so <laughs> Matt came to us, and it was during kind of a, I don't want to say a dark time, but a, a, a really down time for us. We were struggling with several different things going on and mm-hmm. um, I won't get into all the details but um, we were just really kind of in a mode of God what are you doing when are you going to step in we know you've got this but we can't mm-hmm. see it can you give us a hint what's going on um, we were actually planning on moving to Kentucky because Robert's sister's up there my parents have bought property up there his parents were buying property up there like <laughs> You know, that, all yeah. within like an hour of everybody. Oh, wow. So we were planning to move. That was our plan. And then Matt came to us and said, hey, uh, you're going to be getting a phone call. And we were like, okay. Oh. <laughs> and so sure enough, they were looking for a youth pastor. And um, long story short, here we are. Wow. And, uh, you know, it was just when Matt told us that and that whole thing got going, we were like, okay, Kentucky's on hold. We're not doing a thing until we find out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was in like August of 2019. And we were looking for a house because we had been renting from Robert's parents. Long story short, very short notice. They had to move back in with us. Um, mm. And so we had been living with them for about three years. And mm-hmm. because there was just nothing on the market that we could afford. Mm-hmm. And so we were looking for houses and waiting on this this thing about the youth pastor position and because we were trying to visit when we could just so that they could see our faces um and you know while we were talking with richard and that kind of thing and uh there was so like i said there was nothing on the market at the time we were really like what are we gonna do and within hours of us finding out that he had been voted in that the church had said, yes, we want this guy as our youth pastor. A house popped up on the market in our price range, hit several of our wish list items, not just our needs. And like within hours, I'm telling you, it was one of those, it was like, this, this is a God thing. Like we knew at the time, Mm -hmm. we're like, that's you God. So (laughs) if this is the house you want for us, make it happen. Mm -hmm. Well, (laughs) not, I don't think anything's ever easy. <laughs> no, it took never. Us, took us five months to get the place because it was a HUD home, which meant it needed, needed repairs. The government owned it, all that mess. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah. And we had to use a, a first-time home buyer program. 
and mm-hmm. the government doesn't talk to itself apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it took five months, but we got it. And I remember um, the guy who had been doing the youth in the interim while they didn't have an official person. Um, he spoke up because he was still hanging out with us while we were getting to know all the youth and everything. And he spoke up one night. I told him, I said, you know, told the, the class, I was like, okay, y'all pray for us because there's this house we kind of want or that, that came up on the market. We like it, you know, and that kind of stuff. And I remember Gary said, I'm claiming it. That's your house. End <laughs> of story. That's your house. And at the time, I remember thinking, okay, whatever. Well, he was <laughs> right. So. <laughs> And what I forgot to mention that the real kicker on this is that the house is only 10 minutes from the church. Oh, I was going to say real quick, your situation with the house and all that reminded me of is, you know, that seems to be God's um, MO. It's like he doesn't do anything until it is the time, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. he's not he's not going to give you a heads up, you know, or. (laughs) Oh, to be honest, I am the type that in I struggle with have trying to have control of everything. I don't like it if I can't foresee what could happen. I get and it. I get a feeling he, that God likes to remind me I'm mm-hmm. not in control. Isn't that the truth? It's like whatever our struggle is, he's gonna make sure we get plenty of lessons in that, you know. Oh yes. Yes. So, that, <laughs> so he can wean us from it, so to speak. Well, before we wrap up here, um, tell me real quick about your boys. I just cannot believe they're as old as they are now. Yeah. Um, so Maxwell is 13. He will be 14 in August. And that wow. just blows my mind. Wow. Um, ma- mainly because I remember a time when I thought I couldn't have kids. Mm-hmm. And so Max was kind of like my little miracle baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and... So he is almost 14 and then Zachary is 11 now. Wow. Um, yeah. And he is growing like a weed. He's bigger than Max at this point. Wow. Um, yeah. He's definitely got his daddy's genes. Um, <laughs> he looks just like me. Like Max yes, he does. Like fit an image of Robert. Yes. <laughs> we each got our yes. mini me. <laughs> That's what I said. Each of you got a kid. That's great. <laughs> Yes, yes. And it's so funny because there are people who still ask me, well, are you ever going to try for a girl? No. Uh, God knew what he was doing when he gave me boys. Yeah. Um, So, well, Amanda, I really appreciate you taking the time out to record with me today. Um, It's been so good to catch up with you because you and I have not visited and talked to each other enough in years now. So yeah, we should get together at some point. I, I mean, know we're way out here. I think we're about an hour, 45 minutes to an hour away from you, but I'll meet you somewhere. Yeah, that sounds good. We will, we'll just make a point to do it. Um, but thank you so much. And um, I just wish you and Robert all the best there. And I know God has great things for, for you and him and the boys there. The greatest true story of all time is the one where the creator of the universe vacated his throne, took off his crown, gave up his glory, and entered our realm as one of us, a human being, to execute the greatest rescue story ever. 
we were the treasonous rebels, but Jesus paid the penalty to restore us to himself. Jesus didn't just die for you. He died instead of you. Maybe the reason life seems so empty to you is because you are missing the most important part, the life that only Jesus can give. Don't just believe that Jesus is the Savior. Believe in Him. Put your trust in Him. You don't need to turn over a new leaf. You need a new life. And only Jesus can do that for you. It's time, don't you think? I hope you'll drop me an email at hashtag true story podcast at gmail.com. Hashtag is spelled out. I know that's a really long email name. Hashtag true story podcast at gmail.com. Drop me an email and let me know if you would like to be added to my uh, email list. It's sometimes better to send out an email to let you know when an episode is upcoming or if I have something special going on. Sometimes I know things are spotty on social media. You might see my posts. You might not. So uh, join my email list today if you don't mind at hashtag truestorypodcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much. Hashtag True Story Podcast is hosted by Valerie Sawyer and has been written, edited, and produced by the same. Thanks for listening.